Hey everybody, it's Justin. I am back with another episode of Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. Uh, tonight we got a pretty interesting story for you. Uh, technically, I guess you could put it in the classification of maybe an urban legend. Um, but the most interesting part about this urban legend is that it's actually uh, documented by a few different people throughout history and has carried on for more than 400 years in two different countries that are across the world from one another. So you might find it pretty interesting. I did. I grew up watching uh, Quantum Leap and, uh, you know, a bunch of kick-ass shows like that. So... I, I found it very intriguing, uh, and pretty much first what we're going to do is we're going to tell the story, uh, and then from there we're going to get into the facts about it, and maybe try to draw a conclusion about what might have happened. The uh, story we're going to talk about tonight is about a gentleman named Gil Perez, uh, who is a Spanish soldier who supposedly teleported spontaneously from Manila Philippines to uh, Mexico City, Mexico back in 1593. Alright, here we go. Uh, the story goes that Gil Perez was a Spanish soldier of the uh, Filipino Civil Guard who allegedly uh, suddenly appeared in a Plaza Mayor which is now known as a Socalo uh, of Mexico City, which is actually right around 9,000 nautical miles from Manila, which would be directly across the Pacific. And that equals to about a little over, I believe, 14,000 kilometers. And this uh, supposedly happened on October 24th, 1593. Now, he was basically on duty... He uh, he received his orders on the morning of October 23rd in Manila. And uh, he basically showed up for duty at uh, what they call the uh, Palacio del Gobernador uh, in the Philippines. Sorry, my uh, Spanish is pretty fucking horrible. Uh, he was on he was on sentry duty there. Like I said, working for uh, working. He was a civil guard for or uh he was he was actually spanish um for those of you who don't know uh back in the early 16th century spanish went or spain pretty much went on an ass-kicking spree and just started expanding all of their horizons uh and actually they i believe it was 1512 that they conquered uh mexico and i think it was that same year magellan actually laid claim to the uh philippines so they actually had what you would refer to now as bases uh, stationed pretty much all over the place. They actually used uh, uh, Philippines to Mexico uh, was a trade route at the time. And a lot of, a lot of historians doubt this story, I'm not going to lie. He basically was uh, on on duty for quite a few hours he had no he he was he was tired and at the time he said that moments before uh finding himself in mexico when he was on sentry duty uh at the governor's palace uh he was his excellency the governor of the philippines whose uh, name was gomez uh, das marinas 
was killed by Chinese pirates. Um, I hate using the word Chinese pirates because they weren't really pirates. They were actually the rowers on uh, Das Marinas' ship. Now, Das Marinas, uh, the governor of the Philippines at the time, was actually on a um, little bit of a secret mission. I'm pretty sure they sent three or four ships that were uh, sailing around. They were sailing to Mexico, I believe. And Das Marinas, uh, about two days after he left, uh, was actually killed by the rowers who had been plotting to assassinate him for quite some time. There were actually some survivors of this, and this is actually uh, straight-up history. It's very well documented. Well, moments before uh, Perez actually uh, supposedly teleported, he had found out that the governor had been killed. Like I said, this is uh, October 24th, 1593. Um, he he basically said that after a lot of hours on duty in Manila, he felt kind of dizzy and a little bit faint. So he leaned his back up against a wall and closed his eyes. Now, he, he said he only had his eyes closed for a few seconds, and he opened them, and he was somewhere totally different. He had no clue what was going on. He was wearing this uniform, so he kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, they noticed that he was also carrying a different musket. Um, when people started explaining to him that he was in Mexico City, Perez uh, would not believe it. Uh, and he actually explained to him that he had received his orders on the morning of the 23rd Manila, and that it was therefore impossible for him to be in Mexico City on the evening of the 24th. So what happened next was the actual uh, the uh, authorities there in Mexico City, um, they placed him under arrest. Uh, they accused him of being a deserter, and they actually also accused him of being in uh, the service of Satan, uh, seeing as how he must have pla uh, practiced black magic in order to teleport halfway across the world in the blink of an eye. So, they put him in jail, and he's actually questioned by the uh, the most holy tribunal of the Inquisition. And uh, all he could say in his defense was that he had traveled from Manila to Mexico, and I quote, in less time than it takes a cock to crow. So, they're holding him in jail, and he's actually in jail for about two months. Um, when uh, the Manila Galleon shows up in Mexico... Now, if you remember me saying, um, Das Marinas had sent, uh, I think it was one or two ships a day ahead of him on the travel to Mexico, and one of those uh, had actually shown up, and uh, they finally, and if you don't know what Manila Galleon, they were ships uh, that they specifically used for the trade route from the Philippines to uh, Mexico. Now, the Galleon shows up, and uh, they actually confirmed the fact um, that uh, the uh, Das Marinas, uh, there was a mutiny with the Chinese rowers, and that, you know, Das Marinas was actually killed. Now, one of the gentlemen on the Galleon actually confirmed that Gil Perez had indeed been on duty in Manila just before arriving in Mexico. He actually knew Gil Perez. Um... Another good point is uh, uh, Gil Perez, uh, while he was actually in jail, gave a written, written uh, transcription. Basically, uh, one of the 
the tribunal when they were questioning him uh they they actually sent a uh, friar named Gaspar de San Augustine um to basically uh question him take the transcript down now remember that name because it's going to play an important role later and like i said his name is friar gaspar de san augustine um and basically here's his written testimony my name is gil perez as to standing sentry here i am doing as nearly as possible what i was ordered to do i was ordered this morning to mount guard of the doors of the governor's palace in manila i know very well that this is not the governor's palace and evidently i am not in manila why or how this may be i do not know but here i am and this is a palace of some kind so i am doing my duty as nearly as possible last night the governor of the philippines his excellency don gomez perez das marinas had his head cracked with an axe and is dead of it so this being said his written testimony he actually had a witness show up that said he was there on the 23rd and he had actually seen him standing duty so uh after his story was pretty much uh pretty much corroborated they really didn't have any other choice but to let uh, gil perez go gil perez evidently or uh, eventually went back to the philippines soon after that and uh, resumed his job and from what i could find out actually led a pretty uneventful life after that um which if some uh, some shit like that happened to you to be honest with you i'd be pretty happy with uneventful as well now some of the i i tried digging into this to find as much as i could on it um not even going to lie there's actually quite a bit of information on this but it's it's really weird because supposedly uh this is documented okay now i couldn't find i couldn't technically find anything that actually documents it in writing at the time of gil perez but i did find out that uh uh i could it was traced back to 1698 which is a little bit over a hundred years of when the incident supposedly happened now how they found out about this was uh it was basically there's basically a book um basically a book written in 1698 and it was uh the account of the spanish conquest of the philippines and uh the person who actually wrote this was friar gaspar de san augustine which is the same gentleman who supposedly took the transcript okay or actually took his testimony down now i tried finding out if there were two different people maybe with the same name um it's hard telling i really do not know but i still thought it was a very interesting little uh, tidbit of knowledge there and the 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 part that gets me is that it was written actually by a friar meaning this guy was a man of god and he actually uh says the story is fact uh he didn't actually say a name with the story though he actually uh kind of left that blank 
and he actually attributed the teleportation to witchcraft, which is maybe why he didn't say a name. I'm not too sure. Um, now again, I mean, this, this story actually shows up literally every 50 or 75 years for the last 400 years. Um, like I said, the earliest I could find was 1698 by, uh, the Gaspar, uh, de San Augustine. Um, another actual account of it was in 1609, uh, by a gentleman named Antonio, Antonio de Morga. Um, he actually wrote that Desmarinas' death was known in Mexico at about the same day, uh, but didn't know how. Uh, but didn't know how that knowledge had actually gotten there. Um, and just for a side note, uh, De Morga was actually a high-ranking colonial official for 43 years. And he actually became stationed in Mexico in 1604, and he heard this legend, and it really intrigued him. So he started getting uh, getting into it, started uh, getting into other legends throughout Mexico and uh, the Philippines. And uh, in 1609, he uh, eventually wrote that book. Now, there's pretty much the story and a little bit of back information Um now here's where things get a little sketchy, all right? Here here's the facts, all right? Uh Gomez uh Dasmarinas uh was actually killed. He was well, he first of all, a little fact about him. He was the 7th governor and the captain general of the Philippines from June 1st, 1590 uh to October 25th, 1593. Which means he was actually killed on the 25th, not the uh, 23rd, like was claimed, or the eve, or even the 24th, like was claimed by uh, Gil Perez. Um, now, given the day difference, over 400 years, not really concerned about that fact. Um, but he actually was uh, he actually was killed by his Chinese rowers while he was on the secret mission. They had been uh, they had been plotting it for a few days, and the ship actually had to anchor. So uh, a couple guys escaped. A couple guys jumped off the boat, swam to land. Uh, there was actually a uh, priest and another gentleman that locked themselves in the cabin, and the uh, Chinese uh, uh, rebels, as they were uh, called, actually went ahead and let them go. Now, just for uh, just for a little bit of knowledge bomb, the uh, the Chinese rebels, when they returned home, they were actually arrested and returned to the Philippines to face their punishment. So, uh, you know, it it did end up, you know, it, it it ended up right, you know, it ended up in the right. So, uh, another fact that uh, the Palacio del Gobernador. Uh, Gobernador, sorry, the Palacio del Gobernador. Um, it was the first residence of the Spanish Governor General from 1645 until 1863, um, which means, or actually, an earthquake took it down, which is pretty interesting. Uh, which means that. In 1593, there's no way that Gil Perez could have been guarding this uh, guarding this place. Um, another little fact about this is uh, the civil guards 
were uh, were local police force organized under the Spanish colonial, uh, colonial government. Uh, and it was actually formed in 1868 and was disbanded after the Spanish-American War in 1898. Um, so there's no way that he actually could have been wearing this uniform. Now, given those facts, um, you could almost assume that somebody might have created a story maybe around the mid-1800s. Um, because that would probably fit the description uh, of the place and the uh, the clothes that were worn. Um, so it might have been a story. Nobody really knows. Now, as we do know, um, there is a difference between urban legends and and stories. Okay, stories are usually mostly fiction. Um, you know, made up for the entertainment value. Um, urban legends, most of the time, are actually, I mean, they might be a little warped here and there over time, but they are actually usually uh, derived from some kind of event that actually happened. Now, with the story and the facts in place, uh, let's actually think about this for a second. Okay, a man teleports, has no idea where he is, and supposedly a century later, it is actually uh, written about. So, with that being said, um, it's kind of interesting just because you have a priest of all people, or a friar, I'm not sure the difference, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I obviously I know what a priest is, but back then I'm not sure if friars were monks, I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, you have a man of a religious aspect, a respectable man, who's actually writing this as fact, okay? I really have no reason to think that somebody's going to write something to uh, scare people into religion, supposedly a hundred years after it happened. Uh, with that being said, there's actually a little uh, tidbit of knowledge that says there is actually a document out there that can... Actually, there's two documents, um, but it can attest the genuineness of Gil Perez's story. And the it can only be found in the archives at Sevilla, or, uh, Sevilla Philippines, and in Mexico City. Now, whether anybody has ever seen this or read this is beyond me, but given by, you know, some of the accounts, you know, the uh, Gaspar uh, de, San, de San Augustine and uh, Antonio de Morga, it's kind of interesting that somebody like Antonio de, uh, de Morga, would, who would actually know nothing about this, actually just kind of... Uh, poofed up with this knowledge now him being a high-ranking colonial official you would actually think that he would have access to those kind of documents in those kinds of places uh, especially like in archives or in some kind of capital building in either country i also do find that pretty interesting now my whole thing about this is I do think that things are possible that we have no idea about. Uh, you know, we teleportation, time travel, you never know, okay? Um, the thing that bothers me about this, and I'm no quantum physicist or anything, but 
from where I live in Indiana, let's say to the Philippines, it's probably maybe 13 or 14 hour time difference. I'm not 100% sure. Let's say for sake of argument, it's a 12 hour time difference. Now, they are actually ahead. Okay, they would be 12 hours ahead of me. Now, with the rotation of the Earth, if he teleported, it would be a pretty safe assumption that if he teleported to Mexico from the Philippines that he would actually be traveling backward in time, not forward. Um, Like I said, I'm no quantum physicist, but that kind of makes sense to me. And he actually disappeared on the 23rd and reappeared on the 24th, which raises a little bit of questions with me personally. Um, I I did quite a bit of digging in about a week, okay? I'm not going to lie, I was researching another, uh, another episode, an actual disappearance, and somehow I stumbled across this and just had to dig into it for about a week or so, because uh, I find this stuff kind of fascinating. Um, like I said, sorry it's another short episode, but I just wanted to get this out there. Um, if any of you, I know I have some listeners in the Philippines and in Mexico, if any of you have ever heard of this, um, I'm sure you have. It's actually, from what, I, from what I read, there is stuff all over the internet about this. But I have yet to see anybody, like, really, like, debunk it as any kind of, like, story. You know, just any kind of written story. Um, from what I understand, there's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty claim, good claims going, going back 400 years about this. Um, how people would even know about teleportation, uh, 400 years ago is beyond me. I mean, obviously, if a bunch of priests think you're, uh, you're, you know, you're practicing black magic and in cahoots with the devil, obviously anything is possible. Me personally, I don't think so. I think something weird happened that day. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what. Yeah, probably morphed into something greater than what it might have been. But at the same time, when you have an eyewitness account, you have supposed documentation in both cities um, where it's straight up documented. You know, it's you know, it's a little bit intriguing. But I know I do have some listeners out there in Mexico and Philippines, like I said. So if anybody has any knowledge on this, I would love for you to get a hold of me. Uh, my email is mysterioucircumstances99 at uh, gmail.com and uh, I would love to hear anything anything about this but with that being said um, I'm going to go ahead and get off of here for the night and here in the next few days try to finish up the actual uh, disappearance case that I was working on before I ran into this somehow but uh, I don't know I suppose I'll see you guys on the flip side until then Have a good one.